I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Happy New Year, Blues, and welcome to the first Toffee Web podcast of 2024. Uh, since we last came over your airwaves, the heady optimism that had many of us dreaming of a top half finish despite the 10-point deduction has been washed away a bit by successive Premier League defeats. Uh, the defeats to Tottenham, Manchester City and Wolves have left us hovering just above the relegation zone again. But while it's been something of a reality check, particularly the, the nature of that loss at Molyneux, uh, is it a case of a small squad being stretched too far in recent weeks? Uh, we'll get into it on this week's podcast. Paul Trail is here with me. Happy New Year, mate. I trust you and yours had a good Christmas? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Thanks, Lyndon. Yeah, it seemed to um, normally find them little days between Christmas and New Year. I tend to slow down. And it's quite nice and sort of relaxed, but they just, yeah. just, they just whizzed by this year. So, like, it just <laughs> kind of feels like, oh, back to work. <laughs> so, it's, uh, yeah, but nice. Thank you. Yeah, all, all good. Uh, do you have a good one yourself? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the, I actually had the opposite. It was kind of that 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 huh. midweek lull where you kind of just almost forget what day of the week it is. I kind of enjoy those. We just kind of lounging around. And eating, yeah, that's uh... what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds like you've been denied that this year, but yeah, no, it was good. It was far too much food, and um, actually, we still got desserts. You know, sitting there in the fridge. <laughs> My wife and I looked at each other and said, "We probably should just start getting rid of these now because, you know, it is the new year." Um, <laughs> delighted to welcome back Paul McParlin. A happy new year! To, a happy new year to you too, Paul. How was your festive season, Everton aside, of course? 
<laughs> yeah, we can always guarantee on Everton to, to kind of put a damn on any yes. festivities that they have planned. And, and sadly, that's the, that's the way it worked out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's always a good time at Christmas. And you get to see family, you get to see friends, yeah. you know. And as you indicated there, then you end up with the mountain of food that ends up with the food banks and stuff because you never get time yeah. to eat it. And as Paul said there as well, one thing I love about the holiday here, just give me a chance to catch up with so many TV programs and series. I've never really even had the chance to watch you on the year. So yeah. I really enjoyed that aspect of it as well. I'm not feeling guilty about just sitting there in my pyjamas watching this stuff as well that, that, that's a joy to behold absolutely uh, I, yeah it's been it's been the full gym or lifestyle I'm afraid to say yeah. <laughs> well, well yeah. what, what I found is um, because when I was about sort of like seven, eight, nine years old you'd, you'd watch all the movies like your, your, yeah, your VT yeah. and your flight the navigator and my son's seven now and it turns out the films haven't actually got any better family films since then <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually like been uh, mm-hmm. revisiting a bit of my youth watching all them sort of films with my son which has been the, it's actually been the highlight of, uh, of Christmas actually so yeah uh, but yeah, and obviously Everton haven't uh, haven't made that an awful lot of fun these last uh, last week or two. No, they haven't. But uh, anyway, it's, it's nice to have you both back. And uh, Paul M, why don't you pull, uh, kick things off? How are you feeling about the toffees as we enter the new year? Well, I've tried to take a more balanced perspective on things, Lyndon, because, uh, yeah, I agree, the last three games uh, have been quite depressing, really. Uh, I think if you take a, a view of the of the last seven games, it maybe gives you a bit of more balanced picture because we've actually taken 12 points from what of what was a, a really difficult run of fixtures. So yeah. I think, you know, if we'd had this podcast before this run of seven games, I'd have been quite happy with double figures in terms of points that we've taken. So... Uh, 12 points to seven games hasn't, you know, it's quite a reasonable return in the circumstances. I think what has led us to be, what's led to feelings of frustration is the fact that we did so well in the first four games of that sequence that it really did raise expectations. And uh, I don't know what you two think, but um, I always feel that sometimes see, the, the destiny of a season hangs on one moment. And to me, it's when Onana steps up to take that penalty. If he scores within the semis, we're five games unbeaten. There's a whole feeling of this team is going places. And I just feel that penalty was, was costly in so many ways. It just deflate, it burst the bubble slightly. And then instead of going into to the fixtures against Tottenham and Man City on a high, we're going in on a like, we need to pick ourselves up. And so it's just so frustrating that, that that's the way it worked out. But uh, I think Paul made the point before about the, the team kind of running on empty a little bit. And I just feel this condensed run of fixtures has really exposed the limitations of the small squad that we have. And uh, you know, Dyche doesn't really have a great number of options off the bench. He doesn't have a great number of options to change his formation. And I just think that by the Wolves game, everything of course, up, plus the legs are gone, the enthusiasm are gone. And of all the games I thought we'd lose... The Wolves one wasn't the one I'd indicated as being the one where we dropped points. So I found that, found that quite disappointing in many ways. But, you know, we're still not in the bottom three, which is a big worry to me. Because psychologically, starting off the new year in the bottom three is never a situation that you want to be in. I think the the cup game, the break after the cup game against Crystal Palace gives us a real opportunity to kind of regroup, refresh the players a bit, and then see where that takes us. So, uh Kind of my moods kind of varied uh, over the days, really. So, so yeah. I think you have, to, you have to do some positives in that initial run, but I think we're always showing a bit of a concern about how lacklustre the teams look, particularly in that Wolverhampton game. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm really trying not to be too too disappointed because I thought 
you, you, you could be right, Paul, and that like the Anana penalty penalty miss. It, it, it's still a bit gut wrenching, actually, when you think about it, isn't it? That, but um, it, it is. <laughs> it, it really is, and uh, you know, it'd be a guarantee semi final. And I don't know. I mean, it, it certainly didn't seem like they carried up, carried any sort of ill feeling into the Tottenham game. But then again, they started a little poorly. But you know, the the effort they put into there, they deserved so much more uh, from Tottenham, and they put a lot of effort into that. And then. I thought they were a little bit unlucky against Man City, actually, as well. Yeah. So, you know, looking at them two, you know, them two games when, let's be fair, if you if you if you're saying, oh, we get a point at Spurs and ah, oh, I don't know, come out the wrong side against City, you got a fair enough. You're probably not too disheartened with that, mm-hmm. really, really, realistically. But then they they were a bit shot by Wolves, um, and you can you can point to a few things to that. You could say, well, Sean Dyche should change his team a bit more. But I think he really is limited of options there. And people say, well, why doesn't he play him? Why doesn't he play him? But I think that he's got to trust the players he's putting out there. And you feel like if you look at Dan Juma, for example, in particular, I don't think he trusts him to do that job for, you know, for 90 minutes. He trusts him to sort of like, right, we need a goal here. Come on. Get, you know, and, you know, it's a bit more caution to the wind sort of thing. And, Again, he wouldn't have trusted really Gomez to sort of have to sit in there against like um, against Wolves, and nor would I. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't, I don't really, you know, without Adrissa Gay there, um, I don't really blame him for sort of under Corley. I don't really blame him for going to the formation that he did against Wolves. And sometimes in games, you just the opposition's a bit more up for it, and yeah, you know, and they just sort of, you know, what I mean, and they're just after every ball, and there's not a lot you can sort of do to get a foot in the game. Sometimes that kind of happens to us at Wolves, and they looked a bit beat. It was a poor performance, but I don't think you can really, you know, typically enough, we got a bit of an overreaction. I find and the Evertonians do overreact because because we're so tormented. I think for the way things have gone for so so long now, I sure am. But I think you've really got to look at the bigger picture, and there was always going to be a lull at some point, and and hopefully that's this is it now, and that's and, and they got the opportunity to to kick on a bit a bit more, particularly after the Palace game coming up and the you know the big breaks between games, and you know chance to get bodies back, chance to get fresh. You know what I mean? So if he has reference fatigue, um, as Sean Dyche. So hopefully, you know, after the break, we'll 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 we'll, we'll come out okay again because they they've done so much good work, the Everton players and and the management team, and we were really really proud of them, and we still should be because I think they've done a really really good job. We shouldn't, and all teams, no matter who they are, have terrible performances sometimes at time, and it happens, you know. So um, let's not lose sight of that, and uh, you know, I think you can take. We should be looking more at the positives over December rather than the negative. So, that, yeah, I think we should keep on doing it that way. That's, that's what I'm certainly trying to do to get me here to, to, to keep me going anyway. Yeah, I agree. I actually agree with, with pretty much what both of you said. I think there were there's sort of three quite different games. I think, obviously, the, the obvious outlier in terms of the performance was the one at Wolves. Uh, you know, we were really not really unlucky not to come away with anything from Tottenham. Um, I was looking at the stats from that game. We outshot Spurs and we had more shots on target than they did, you know, despite making that fairly poor start. Um, and I think that that game was one of the clearest markers that we've had that highlights the progress we've made under Deitch in contrast with Frank Lampard's tenure, particularly around, you know, just that mentality and, and sort of not lying down and, and, and sort, of sort of accepting our fate kind of thing. I mean, obviously, because we got, we got mullered there in March 2022 and didn't manage a shot on target there last season, I don't think, when we lost 2-0, even though we had a couple of very good chances. So, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, that the Wolves display for me was, was more reminiscent of some of the worst games from the last two or three seasons. But I do think that if you 
if you look at particularly the, the Spurs and the City games, we had to work so hard in those matches. And it really is the same, more or less the same core group of players putting in all that work. And I just think, and, and Deitch acknowledged it afterwards. I, he said that I think you're seeing fatigue, you know, showing there. And, you know, to, agree that's, to a degree, that's, that's understandable. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there's things like that come out afterwards. Obviously, Dwight McNeil's got his own personal things going on. So maybe there's something, you know. And, and so I just think there's lots of factors that all came to a head. End of the year, difficult, difficult sort of festive season. Um, but I think that, as as you said, Paul, this, this, this new, this, this gap that we've got now till, particularly between the Palace Cup game and then Villa at home, that's a, a nice stretch where you can get, sort of get some, some rehabilitation in. Hopefully, Decore's back by then. Obviously, Seamus has made his return, and so I think uh, you know. Hopefully, by that point, we'll the the core the core first eleven that Deitch likes to use will be back and, and sort of raring to go. You know, if we can get a good result against Villa, then all of a sudden we're the tails are up again, and and, and that you know what what we can accomplish over the rest of the season becomes a bit clearer. But uh, yeah, I was. It was it was a tough watch the Wolves game. It really was because it just almost from the first kick you could just sense that we just weren't on it, um, and Wolves very much were. And sometimes you can just get a sense from the early stages that this isn't going to be our day. And I and I had that feeling from the beginning, so I really wasn't surprised uh, to see it go the way it did. Yeah, I think it's, it's funny how the certain teams suddenly start becoming your bogey team unexpectedly. I mean, Fulham out of the blue become a team we can't beat. Yeah. Wolverhampton Wonders have become another team we can't beat all of a sudden. So there's these certain teams who you'd expect us to get results against have suddenly become really difficult opponents for us to face as well. I, I think also it, you mentioned there, Lyndon, and Paul referred to it as well about, you know, Dice likes to feel the settled, settled side. And when he has that, his starting eleven, you no, know, his preferred starting eleven, it, it has worked exceptionally well. But where we are a side that can't deal with the loss of key players, the loss of the Corey last season when he was suspended for three games after the Harry Kane uh, acting class, uh, really made it really made the difference to our season. Yeah. That we, we kind of struggled for momentum after that, and once again this season. Him being absent for these last few games have also been linked to us not winning these games as well, because. It's what he brings to the team and says he's, a, he's an outlet, he's got pace, he can hit the opposition and he can score as well. And and you, you really do miss that. Combine that with Adrissa Garner Gay being injured for certain games as well and the fact that he's going to be absent in for, to, for the Africa Cup of Nations. You can just see that once the regular starting eleven has gaps in it, that it really is difficult for Sean Dice to find natural replacements to fulfil those roles. I know the story trying to do at Wolves, the back five kind of tactically must have made sense to him, but we just got absolutely outrun in terms of pace and on the wings, uh, and we, we just you know it, it could it could have been a far heavier defeat than three 0 couldn't I think Wolves had two goals disallowed as well, and you, and you refer to the stats of the Tottenham game, you know, which are very encouraging. The stats of the Wolves game are really quite depressing. No, no shots on target yeah. during the whole ninety minutes, and in terms of players running on empty, Calvert Lewin, you know. <laughs> I'd almost, if you could just afford to send them away to Barbados or something for two weeks, go and kick a ball on the beach, go and relax, switch off, come back fully recharged to face the, you know, to face the rest of the season. I think that would work to our fair because he looks absolutely shot at the moment. And that's, you know, if, if he's not scoring goals, if the Corey is not totally fit, then you wonder the, where do our goals come from? Yeah, Leon Osman um, alluded to it in the commentary, actually watching that game. And, um, 
you said it's his confidence just isn't there, Dominic. You know, there's a few like there's one which he just flogged off, flagged offside, and he cut the shot, but tried to take it around the keeper. When you know when he's when he's when he's on it, he's, he just bangs that in, doesn't he? And yeah, yeah, another yeah. one which was quite a tight angle, but pull it wide. There was a few opportunities there, and um, offside or not, when you think like you know get it in. So Shane, that goal of Spurs got the allowed for him really because that, that that was a really good finish, and that might have, might have just set it off again. Feels like his confidence is a bit drained, and that happens when you don't score goals for for quite a long period of time. But yeah, you're probably right, Paul, and that is it, it's a, it's a lot to a lot to do with fatigue and and we, as we know, we've got to be careful, with Dominic. Um, so you know, I think looking ahead, you probably certainly rest them against the Crystal Palace as much as you don't want to sort of throw in the towel with the Cups. I think we've got to be pragmatic this time around, really. Um, I'm sure we'll come to that a bit later, a bit later on. And um, yeah, Beto needs games as well, doesn't he? So it seems like a particular game coming up, a real opportunity to, to give him a game. But yeah, certainly um, the the start of the season we made when we we weren't we weren't winning any games and we weren't scoring enough goals and missing opportunities. As soon as Dominic came in, scoring goals, and since then we've we've been pretty good. Now we've still been good when he hasn't been scoring because the Corley and others have been chipping in. But you're right, you just, it just takes a few one or two players to be off form, one or two players to be missing, and a lot disappears from this squad. You know what I mean? And you know. Again, I always seem to reference on neighbours of these sort of things just because it's the most clear and obvious example for me. Just watching a bit of their game last night and Nunes, who's just you know, in a bit of poor run of form, well, very, very poor run of form, really, for quite an expensive player. Missing chance, they can just swap them out for Gapco. Just just like that. Yeah, I mean, and, we, and we haven't, yeah, you know, and just as an example, and other teams have that. But like, um, we just got any, haven't got anything like them, them options, you know. So it's the squad size is a real issue. And it's, it's the, um, it, it, it's, you're talking about a pool really of about maybe 13 players, probably, including the goalkeeper, who's um, who's uh, who, who have to play all the time. So it's um, not surprising that given so many games in December, and why is this? Why it feels like there's even more than usual to me. This one, that's because we had Fulham in the cup as well. I don't know. It just felt like it was to- completely relentless this December, and there's no games in January. So I don't, I don't quite know why that's the case, but. Um, but it- it's as soon as the winter break, Paul, is it? So the teams have a week off in, the, in January. That, that's kind of been the thinking, hasn't it, this season, that each team has a break of about two weeks from league fixtures in January, which is why I think they'll condense in, in, into December. So you play more, cram them in in December so that you can have a break. Uh, yeah, it, it seems <laughs> yeah. completely I, I, I counterproductive so, yeah. Yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Well... Well, we, you, we never can trust the Premier League to make a correct decision, can we, guys? No. You know, so there we go. <laughs> but I mean, but it, 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 we've you've seen the impact that we've we've suddenly December comes in, all these matches start, and then the injuries start, you know, um, occurring. So, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what the winter break is supposed to. Uh, may, maybe it's an opportunity to then get those injured players back fit, but it just seems a bit arse backwards to me. But um, yeah, that I mean. You know, this this reaction after the Wolves things, obviously some of the some individual names have sort of come into force criticism, and you've mentioned Calvert Lewin there, Paul. And I, I think Calvert Lewin's interesting because you know his, as you pointed out, when he wasn't there at the beginning of the season, we really really struggled, and when he came back in, even if he even if he wasn't the one scoring the goals, you know, he was a really really important presence. And the more I think about it, it just it more that seems to me that the presence of Dakure in that context is is the re, is the key element because otherwise he's so isolated. I mean even with whether it's Harrison or Garner playing behind him, it just doesn't seem to have the same support as when Dakure's there. And so obviously getting Dakure back I think is going to help um Calvert Lewin. I think this break is going to help Calvert Lewin. Um, you know, it's hard to it's hard to know whether it's a physical thing or a mental thing with him, and maybe he's 
maybe is a bit drained on, on both counts, you know, having sort of been out for so long and then sort of pitched back into into more regular action. I suppose we'll see. Um, Beto is still sort of finding his feet. Um, you know, he looks really sort of promising one one match and then perhaps not qu- quite so much the next. Um, he may be one of those players, those foreign players that needs a good full season to really adapt, and then we'll see the best of him, best of him next season. But it's, um, you know, beyond that, we don't really have, um, you know, sort of reliable striking options. So it's, it does seem to be that, you know, as you said, Paul M, that that the Decore coming back when he's not there, we really, really notice it. It's, it's and the fascinating, fascinating thing from that point of view is that Lampard had kicked him out the side. And whereas, you know, Deitch has realized that he really is a, a key component. And I remember even under Carlo Ancelotti when there was a period when Decore was missing through injury. And again, we suffered. So it, it's interesting because when we signed him, I didn't think he was going to be that important a player. But he really has been a, a, a key player. Yeah. I think it's more with, with Decore as well. And, you know, lots of people forget it was, it was actually Ancelotti who brought him into the club. Yeah. So, and, and, and you know, Ancelotti is a pretty good judge of a footballer, isn't he? He's not yeah. going to squander money on somebody who doesn't rate. So I think that you know, that kind of gives you an indication of the potential that Decore has for this team. And why Lampard didn't use him is just a total mystery to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. <clears throat> I think another one who's who's sort of coming in for a bit of criticism is Nathan Patterson. I, I still like Nathan Patterson, but there seems to be this... I don't know. There seems to be this this sort of growing narrative that he's that he's just not good enough. I think having Seamus coming back in is going to help at least from the the team on the psychological standpoint. And maybe maybe Nathan's just one of these players who who maybe a bit like Beto, but in a, in a different way, he just needs more time um, to sort of really because he's still young. You know, so is Anand. We got we got a couple of, of, of sort of younger players who are still you know finding their feet in the team. And, you know, they may just some, need some more time. But I think against Wolves, the formation, I don't think the formation helped anyone, really. I think it was um, it was strange to have sort of Michael Keane as the anchor at the centre when James Tarkovsky struggled on the right-hand side of it. I think having having gone with that formation, it was fine. But my beef with, with Deitch in that match, and it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of been a criticism of him across the board really, isn't it? That when things aren't working, he's very slow to change it. Um, whether it would have made a difference at Wolves, I'm not sure, but I would, that's one part of Deitch that I would like to to see an improvement is that if a bit more game management, if you can see that things aren't working, don't be afraid to change it. Yeah, he's uh, he's not one to change, as he's, he, no. he, he's obviously he's, he's, he, I hate using the term stuck in his ways, but he certainly is, and um, I'm not really criticising that too much because it's it, it's his way, and it's 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 he, he trusts players to sort of you know yeah. to stick at it. He maybe he's reluctant to to get players in there again. He's got to trust the players that he's putting on as well, and that you know, and that and that seems a, a massive thing for Sean Dyche. Um, just on Patterson, just it, 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 it occurred to me then, um, as you were saying, oh, Coleman's, uh, you know, he, he'd probably likely to get games now. It's a bit better if Coleman's there. But I guess he, he, he's he got to look at Seamus Coleman as a great example of what can be achieved because he, right. um, all right, Coleman only cost 60 grand, not what was Patterson, 18 million quid or something, very, very different, obviously. But, Remember, remember Seamus when he first came through? He looked a great, exciting play, but was making mistakes, plenty of them, you know, defensively. Mm-hmm. And we, and um, good on Moyes, who sort of kept on playing. And yeah, protection with Phil Neville and Tony Hibbert. So good, good, solid players who could come in instead as well. In a way, I suppose, the same way Dyche has and Young and, um, Young and Coleman when the fits. But um, 
yeah, I think it just shows you've got to let players make mistakes and let them learn. And the, and the difficult thing with that, obviously, is mistakes are costly often. Uh, and, and when you're in a situation like we are, you know, we can't afford that many mistakes. I guess, again, similarly, when, when Colin was coming through, we were never in this sort of position, really. You know, we were always, like, in the top half, always, like, you know. So, in more of a way, we could we could afford the, afford the mistakes a little bit, um, a little bit more. Um, Dyson changing that, I mean... I, I, I thought at half time it seemed an opportunity thinking, well, you know, we've only one down and this isn't working this. So let's go to what let's go to what we know a bit better and go four four, you know, four four one one, find a find a solution with that and um and go with that. But I don't know, I mean we were creating a few openings to be fair. We went but yeah, not wolves are way better, way more on top of us definitely. Just as one of them it was a bit of a scramble which, you know, the Dawson block up with his head on the floor and you know little things go in the, the goals you can see they were very very scrappy but and well when he did finally change it when we were had a little spell in the game we were creating on the front foot we hit the post and it, it did okay for a little while but blimey we were so open you know that, that and uh whether that was the body as well of going 4-4 you might have thought well do that and we could just be out of the game in no time you know what i mean so i could kind of get the pragmatic approach looking at it that way as much as you like to think oh just go for it it doesn't matter it, it kind of does yeah <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to get disgraced you know so um so i kind of got it and it just comes down to options or lack of um and you know I, I, there can't be many other teams in the league who, who have such 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 um such minimal squad options as we have you know what i mean luton may say they have burnley yeah i don't know sheffield like, probably but their teams are below us anyone ahead of us must have so many more options than we have and i prevent for the going for a bit of an injury crisis but other than maybe them i don't think there's really anybody who is as limited as we are in terms of what we can change it with and that's and that's what we're always going to be up against and it doesn't look like it's you know we're in a, in a situation to go and spend money is it does it and you know in no. you know, anything like that so it's hard to rectify so he's it, really got to work with what he's got as best as he can um difficulty is the players who are being marginalized you know we saw what happened to a much larger extent with frank lampard when he marginalized so many and then stuck them all in at once away at bournemouth and they were like oh, with like a <laughs> fu sort of performance wasn't it but, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think the lads that we got in the squad are like that i think that you know that i I think they're all committed to it, but obviously it's naturally it's natural to be frustration when it's frustrating. You think, well, we're losing a few games, like Ben Goffey might think, for example, you know, am I going to get an opportunity? Dan Juma, am I getting an opportunity? You know what I mean? So it might be a bit of frustration. So you imagine a few of them will get a good opportunity on Thursday, I would have thought. And I think he needs to do that now. Um certainly give some players a bit more game time. And he might just feel that's the only time he could really do it because he just feels the league it's too important and he can't throw players in which he can't trust and that's I think that's what it kind of comes down to Paul who's going back to the point you made about Patterson before do you think the part of the thing for Patterson is he gets exposed because Havison doesn't quite offer the level of cover that McNeil sometimes offers in front of Michael Lincoln. I just feel sometimes Patterson Havison's got no pace whatsoever and I just feel sometimes Patterson ends up in two against one situations that he is inexperienced and I think that's why he gets singled off for criticism because it looks like he's the one to blame well actually it's not him the move starts to further back and maybe Harrison could be a bit more defensively aware to give a bit more support yeah, it's a good point. I mean, what I don't know if you can. Ju- he certainly plays better in the four-four-two. Patterson, I think he's much more used to that. He's probably the most. He's obviously the most athletic sort of fullback we got. But I don't know. For me, it struck me when it, when, it, when he plays in the five, he's not so sure when to go and when to not when to when to sit back, and it just becomes a little bit muddled. And so often he's he's too far forward and we get caught out, and then, then he hasn't got the cover. 
or vice versa. You know what I mean? So I, I just don't, I don't know. He's not. It's, it's probably because he's never really played it much. I imagine the Rangers have ever really played it, and you know that that sort of system. You know, so he's young and he's got to learn, and that's and that's the way. In an ideal world, we get him out on loan for the season, probably. But we're not, you know, we're not in that, are we? So I don't know. I haven't really seen. I haven't really noticed enough of a lack of protection from Harrison. I mean, Harrison works very, very hard, but is more of his work as an endeavour further up the pitch and. I don't know. And again, when you've got someone like Idrissa Gay in there, you'll, you'll, you'll cover them little holes. You know what I mean? You'll, you'll get into them little positions and, you know, and, and stop out a bit of danger. And he's probably a bigger miss than people care to care to recognise, I think, Idrissa Gay. Um, he's, he's done, you know, come on a lot, I think. Probably silenced a few critics, to be fair. And I think, yeah, certainly when he's not there. And again, we'll probably come to it a bit later on. And, you know, as he's not going to be there for a little while, I think, we, I think that might be a challenge for us. But, um yeah, I don't know. Let's see on Patterson, but certainly not the biggest. I mean, it, it, it was there a big culprit really on Saturday. I don't think there was. It was just collect- collectively terrible, wasn't it? I don't think anybody was really. Yeah, I mean, I think Tarkovsky probably had one of his poorest games. He's quite out a lot, but all over the pitch, I don't think there was really anybody who stood out and you thought, like, oh, God, he was terrible. I think they collectively were really. And, you know, it's, it's just one of their write offs, really, isn't it? And, you know, going through the reasons why. And, yeah, you know, just hope they can just. Uh, it does, well, if it only happens, how, how many. Twice this season that's happened. You could argue the Arsenal game. So let's say three times maximum that's happened. We've been awful. You know what I mean? So Villa away, yeah. 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 So Villa yeah. Arsenal on this one. So mm. yeah. So if, if that's if, if it's only what another three terrible performances for the rest of the season, then I think we'll be we'll be more than okay. Yeah. I mean, if, we, if you look back to any bad performances a year ago on the Lampard it was, it was <laughs> every, every week <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah we should be alright <laughs> yeah and I think you know you have to you have to look at it over the balance of a season you know these my criticisms of Deitch and, and his game management I mean he would at the end of the season and we were you know we're, we're safely safe regardless of whatever happens with the the appeal on the points deduction then he would turn around and say look you know my record's there to you know to to, to be shot down and if, he, if he's kept us up comfortably and you know and he's and he's done it doing it the way that he does it then you know no arguments i'm and it's you know it's far too premature to be thinking down the line but it, it, i do you know sort of in, in the in the quieter moments when you think ahead and Deitch has talked about this, you know, himself mentioning that when a fashionista comes in, once he's done his job, and you can kind of see that, you know, a, a more ambitious, a more ambitious Everton want to play a different style of football and and being a bit more um, dynamic and a bit more, as I say, you know, re, re, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, reactive in the in the in the better better ways in terms of game game management. But I think at the at the moment. You know, it's it's we are going to have every now and then performances like this, and and as I said, as I said, I think it was primarily down to fatigue, and as you said, Paul, um, Paul T, it's it, there wasn't really a standout, standout bad performance. They were all bad. You know, I, I don't, I, I sort of gave up doing the um, the the uh, you know marking players performances on some of my match reports but i've considered bringing it back recently and i just for that one i was thinking okay there was a three and a four and a four and a three you know it just it was just a collective bad day at the office um and i think just going back to patterson i didn't i personally didn't see a reason to single him out as and the reason why i brought him up is it just i've seen his name mentioned a few times in really disparaging terms on on uh, social media just in the last few days um i think where he particularly is concerned, the the points deduction is 
is might harm him the most because this is the kind of season where he could be in the team on a week to week basis, make his mistakes, learn, as you said, Coleman yeah. did, Paul. And, you know, and it's not a problem because we're not in danger of going down. Now, unfortunately, you know, as I say, pending the, the, the outcome of the appeal, we are going to be in, in jeopardy for a while yet. And we are going to have to, I think, rely more on, on the elder statesmen like Coleman and, and Young if there's a feeling that, that Patterson's not quite um, cutting the mustard. And I do think in a 4-4-2, I've noticed a sort of a sort of a lack of, of a protection from from Harrison on the defensive side. I've got no issues with Harrison's um, uh, workload in the, in the and, and efforts in the front third of the field because I think he's been really important in that regard. He just never stops. But there are, have been a couple of times where he's sort of gone a wall uh, in in the four four two. But the five three two or the three five two, whichever. It is is supposed to allow Patterson that freedom to get forward because you've got three centre halves. Um, but again, if everyone's having a bad day, then yeah, it's, it's you, you can't really judge the, the formation, the performance, individual players that much because you just got to put it behind you and move on. I think. Yeah, I think there's no choice. I think what what also gets underestimated as well is you, you mentioned it's a really good point there, Lynn. You, you mentioned about you know, that Patterson, if we'd been playing, if we'd playing in a team that haven't had the points deduction, how much the game might have come on. And I think the general impact of the points deduction, I think, still gets underestimated by, by the media, maybe by some fans as well, because psychologically for those players, it's not those 10 points taken away from you. You played really well, the systems work, you believe in the man, you can yeah. see you're making progress, and you can go, you go. You can start games, you know, in a more relaxed mode. Well, it's not the end of the world that we lose this game. But now they're going out realizing we're well, one point out the bottom three. We've got to get something from this game. So mm-hmm. you can't go out and relax frame of mind because the pressure's on you right from the start. And then it just takes one or two mistakes. You find yourself a goal down, and it becomes a real uphill struggle to get back into the game. So I think the mental impact on the players as well has been has been absolutely massive. And I just don't think it's got the coverage. It 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 it, it merits because it it must be so hard for those players when they've worked they've worked assiduously to get ourselves in like what would be a mid table position. We, we should have twenty six points from nineteen games now, which would be quite compared to where we've been last two or three years. That's a really nice situation to be in. But instead, we're not. Instead, we're thrown back into a relegation situation at, through no fault of the players' efforts, and that has to have a, an impact on your way of thinking. I'm sure. Isn't it frustrating as well? Like not so much after the last couple of games, but how like <laughs> everyone seems to have this perception like, oh, haven't they picked up since that point deduction? It's just like no, it's like no, we haven't. We were no, doing yeah, really yeah. well yeah. before the point deduction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and we still lost the points. Every time the press and media say Everton got the ten points back, we haven't got the ten points back. Yeah. We can't get the ten points back. We don't get the ten points back by a judicial process. We can't get those ten points back on the pitch. So I just find that really frustrating. Now it's okay. It's only Everton. They, they bounce back anyway. So the, 10 points deduction doesn't matter. Mm. And it's the same as the narrative as if you're going to get a 10 points deduction this season to get it. But there's no good season to get the 10 points deduction. Yeah. Something just is that just isn't, you know. So, and uh, like yourself, Lyndon Paul, you know, I'm, I have no faith in a successful outcome from this appeals process. And I think we're just going to be left in a situation whereby we've got to make sure we keep ourselves safe this season and just by whichever style Dyke chooses to operate to get us the point, I think we just have to buy in for that. It's not going to be the free-flowing football of the ACs because we haven't got the players to do that. But we have got a side who can grind out results. We have got a side who hit teams on the break. And if Calvert-Lewin's fully functioning and 
Decorey's fully functional. We've got a side that can score goals as well. So, you know, potentially, you know, when you think, you know, 26 points from, from 19 games is not a bad return. You know, that would give us 52 points at the end of the season in a normal season. Even this season, it should, give us, should still give us 42 points on a current points per game ratio, which will keep us well away of the bottom three. I just, you know, we just need to make sure that we don't, we've lost three games on the bounce now. What we don't want is to, is to be dragged into a bit of a losing streak and put more pressure on the players and the manager. So, as you indicated before, the, the game against Aston Villa is a big opportunity, isn't it? Get something from that game, stop the loser sequence, then start to put one or two results together and the pitch looks a lot more, a lot more brighter. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it doesn't help that there's a few teams around us have picked up a bit as well, haven't they, Luton yeah, particularly? Yeah. Um, and then a few teams a bit, you know, even with the 10 points, you know, yeah, ten point deduction. We were looking at like, oh, Palace, and yeah, I mean, a few others. I'm like, oh, but yeah, we could get above them. And, you know, Forest uh, were below us as well. And they, you know, they've had a bit of a bounce. You know, what I mean, so a lot of teams. So like, nearly all the teams around us have picked up quite well just when we've lost a few games. But look, I mean, like Spurs away, City at home. I mean, yeah, you can, you're gonna, yeah, Wolves away. You're gonna have a bad day sometime, and that was it. Wolves away. The other ones yeah, in a normal season, you, you know, like like you say, if, if we won like eleventh, we lose them games, but play that well, we're like, all right, okay, you know, we wouldn't be quite as down. But like, I, I think if we were sitting in eleventh or twelfth, and you know, you know, but it is, it, 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 it is really, you can't you can't help but worry. But yeah, I think uh, we got the right man there in Dice, I think, to sort of keep them on the ground and yeah, make sure they, they they're well aware of the task and that. And I think we got a good group of players there. It's if it's it's just hope we don't get too many injuries. I think we're seeing like we're seeing the impact that injuries are going to have on us because let's face it, no one's coming in, are they? I don't think really in the, in the next month to help you know to help bolster the squad. I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, let's let's just hope for no more serious injuries and uh, use this time to get the get the lads uh, you know, really fit and ready for the uh, you know for, for for the for the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, in that context of not only managing the squad in terms of injuries. But um, you know, psychology, uh, you know, just the workload of games. What's the feeling? How should we be approaching this cup tie at, at Palace? Is the you know is a is a cup run? Is the the age old question is the cup run? You know, can we use it to as a platform as a, as a foundation to you know improve our form, get some morale back, or is it just an un, unwanted uh, distraction? Well, I thought the League Cup uh, really added something to the team this season. It really lifted fans. It gave the, the whole club and the supporters a massive boost. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of worked in tandem with, with the league form. So I think you know, for the first half of the season, those two worked well together. I think it's a different scenario with the FA Cup London. I, I just I, I don't think we've got any chance of winning the FA Cup. Whereas I thought we had a, an outside chance of winning the League Cup. I don't see the same the same boost open to us in the FA Cup this season. So the priority has to be Premier League survival. So much as I'm a romantic about the Cups and much as I you know don't like the way teams feel weak in teams in the FA Cup, I think as an Everton fan, I think we have to be pragmatic. So I mean, Paul indicated before about... Is this an opportunity to give some of the fringe players a, 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 a run out? Uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, Chimisi, you know, we pay 13 million for him. And it might be nice to him on the pitch occasionally. You know, Lewis Dobbin, when he came off the bench and sub against Chelsea, he scored the goal. So the, you know, the, there's possibilities there that, that, that we can look at. And, uh, it, you know, Dice doesn't get many opportunities to experiment with different players and different systems. This is a really good opportunity to do so. And though this, though, it would be quite you know, frustrating to lose an FA Cup tie so early on. I, I think 
given the tiredness of the players, I think the last thing we want is like is I think the worst come, outcome on Thursday will be a drawn game against Crystal Palace because I just don't think we need that extra fixture. Uh, so I, I, I would use it as an opportunity to rotate to try something different, and the priority has to be has to be the Premier League. And uh, you know, if it as you've indicated, Lyndon and Paul it looks highly unlikely we're going to be able to add to the squad in January. Then we just can't afford any of our key players to get injured. I mean, can you imagine a scenario where you know, Jordan Pickford gets injured in the cup tie against oh, Crystal Palace? And, and so, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, I think you, know, you have to prepare for these situations. So, you know, he's somebody else. I'd give a break to for this game. Uh, give, give, give Virginia a go and go and, and, and see how that works out. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it, it's an opportunity to give some of the fringe players a chance to prove themselves. I take Paul's point from before about of last season, uh, un- uh, season before last, under Lampard. But I think Dice doesn't have that type of play in the squad now. I think the, the, the whole club is really united at the moment. So I think there's no question there. But when people are given the opportunities like to Ben Godfrey, that they'll come in and do their best. But yeah, although it, it has to say, so I just think we have to use the Palace game as an opportunity to rotate. Uh, if you get some from the game, great. But uh, sadly, the FA Cup is just not my priority this season. No, that's a hundred percent. Well, ninety-nine percent agree. Me only only caveat being, I think if we, a draw wouldn't be too bad, and that because it doesn't mean you can't rotate again at home. You can you can still you can still do that. But um, other than that, um, blemish out there. Yeah, I agree with you hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, Paul, yeah. Um, yeah, I was having a little bit of a think about this in terms of the team, and I, I agree. You, you got to, but yeah, it's not just about sort of giving players a rest who you know who need a rest who. Uh, nursing injuries and knocks or whatever. Um, it's about protecting players from injury, or from from any you know, you know, from any sort of injury. And I'd agree. I'd I'd, I'd get I'd, I'd rest pick for that. I don't like this. I'd, I'd much rather be in a position where, well, if, if we were eleven, I'd be like, oh, let's give this a crack. Why not? You know, what I mean, that's you know, but um, where we are right now, I mean, and Sean Dyche alluded to it. To be fair, in his in his interview after the after the match, he, you know, he said, look, we. You know, We've proven that we do take the cup seriously, if, uh, and it, it is important. So we've got to be realistic with what we got here. And yeah, I mean, yeah, Mikalenko. You know, do you give that that young Hunt seems to have been on the bench quite a lot? You know, he obviously sees see some sort of uh, ability of him to, to to perhaps be playing the first team in some capacity. Maybe he gets a game, or do you, do you stick Godfrey at left back? Or do you, do you swap out the two centre backs? Certainly, Coleman. I think is probably the one you'd you'd want to give some minutes to. I think it's a kind of a give way round for him. I think give him give him some game time. But what we do in sort of midfield is it is the biggest uh, biggest. Anana looks. Uh, I think you know we we got to be very careful with Anana because with Adrissa Gay not going to be available for for most of January, if not all of it, then um, and a bit of February. Then we haven't really got any any sort of tacklers in there, if uh, other than Anana. So if Anana was, Anana was to get injured, then we're really really light in defensive mid. Would Garner have to sort of step back a little bit? But then you don't want to, you know, you don't want to risk Garner because he's very, very important. So, you know what I mean? So um, this shows how stretched we are. So you'll rest what you can, but you, know, you you really sort of, I mean, maybe Harrison plays and how, yeah, but like Dobbin gets a game and you know, you really sort of, and that shows the limitation of the squad we got. We're really scratching around for okay, who can who can come in here and who can play in the, in, in this position? That doesn't seem like an awful lot. Um, we could call upon from the from the youth, you know, the, from the under twenty threes who who would be able to come in and you know realistically do a job. So it's he's just gonna have to have to really swap out what he can and uh, yeah, maybe some of the players which maybe 
less risk. You know, it doesn't matter quite as much if we lose them. Play them, if you know what I mean. I, I, I don't want to sort of tar anyone with that brush, but it's um, yeah, I don't like to say it, but yeah, really got to just change the team as much, protect who we need to, and uh, still hope that we win. Still go for it. Obviously, don't write it off, but let's be realistic in terms of how important it will be this season. It's it's going to be very tough to win that FA Cup. So it's all all about being in the league and the position that we're in. Yeah, I agree. I, I I I hate it. Pains me to 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 think of sort of sort of you know sacking off the the FA Cup because the romanticism around the FA Cup. I mean, I still have it. I don't. I think I always will. You know, I, it's it's sad to see the way that it's sort of been diminished in importance. But uh, yeah, I am with you, Paul. You know, we make a few changes and and, and try and uh, you know hope hope to win. Try and win. But Palace may make their own changes. We don't know, so no idea what sort of team they'll put out. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think you know it's it's a sort of sort of game where you could better probably starts Dan Juma. Maybe he gets you know one more crack. It's going to be interesting to see what actually what happens with him because there's kind of some noise about maybe his loan spell being terminated early and he goes somewhere else. Um, so I don't know. Maybe Thursday is his <laughs> his last hurrah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, because I mean, the, he's clearly got ability. You know, clearly got ability. He's really unlucky against Tottenham. I mean, in, mm. you know, a few decisions that I was tearing my what little hair I have left out um, <laughs> at him. You know, for for not passing in, in in that game. But I mean, he almost he almost brings home you know a point from that match. But uh, yeah, and as you said, Paul and uh, uh, Paul T. Sorry, there's um, you know scope to bring the players like Dobbin in and it's it's really that um that central midfield area that's that's the the, the concern because there is there really isn't anyone who's coming up from the from the youth ranks to kind of plug that hole i mean tyler on yango there was a sort of some buzz around him when he was younger but he doesn't seem to have sort of been trusted to step into that role just yet andre gomez is Andre Gomez has been Andre Gomez since he came back. You know, he's <laughs> magnificent against Tottenham. And then, you know, against City, he was unfortunately a little bit uh, back to his his previous ways where I'm just like, Andre, stay away from our penalty area, please. <laughs> he's such a liability there. But, um, you know, but he's we're going to need to, we're going to need him to, to rely on him, particularly if, um, if it just a gaze out and if he, if he travels. And, and I mean, Senegal usually do well. So as you said, Paul T, he could be gone until, until early February, but. Uh... Well, that's actually one. It, 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 uh, I, I think he sort of mentioned Sean. I think, if I'm, unless I'm dreaming it, that he, he was recovering quite well. He could be in, in with a shout. So actually, that's one play we could kind of go. Well, if you're going to be away for a month, yeah, you can definitely play, play at yeah, Palace before. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think that <laughs> yeah, might, be, exactly. might be one. One, uh, one uh, might be helpful to have him there because I think if we can't yeah. play on honor, I don't think. I think we really need to protect on honor because, uh, well, he's, he's always rolling around, isn't he? But he's, um, you know, he's. Um, he looked a bit, looked frustrated as well with a lot of the others around him. I think at some points on uh, on Saturday, but he, uh, yeah, got a bit of a full-on figure at times. And I think uh, we we can't risk not having him available, like him or not. We can't risk not having him available because he's the only sort of player we can sort of you know put a tackle in. Really, you know, I mean, gone a kind of bit. But you know, if we're looking someone to sort of sit in a bit more in in any games, we'll need an arm 100 percent coming into Villa, Brighton games coming up. So. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have any, him anywhere near the squad on uh, on Thursday. Yeah, I'd be great. Yeah, I, 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 I'd, I'd agree absolutely, Paul. And it, it, it does kind of, you know, beg the question, doesn't it? it uh, no. How do we fill that gap in the midfield? Because it, it, it's glaringly obvious that that's going to be a weakness, particularly with just going to be 
being absent for the, for the African Cup of Nations. Uh, I'll just rack my brains about this. You two might be able to help me, but remember last season we recalled Ella Sims from Lone, and he had a bit of an impact towards the end of the season for us. Uh, I, I was just wondering, um, have you got anybody out loan at the moment who might, might be worth throwing back into the mix? I know Stanley Mills has been doing some good things at Oxford United, but, but that's League One. Uh, and apart from him, I can't think of anybody else. You, you think, well, it might just be worth recalling them just to have bodies in the squad because you know, we, we, we definitely are light on numbers. And if you get one or two injuries, it'd be, I'd just be a bit more reassured you know, that we had somebody there rather than putting three sub goalies on the bench uh, <laughs> towards the end of yeah. the season. You know, just as an alternative option. I think, um, like, I suppose, and the only one, the other one I can think of was Lewis Warrington, and he's unfortunately come back from Plymouth because of an injury. So he's, um, you know, and he may need surgery. So it's, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe this this discussion sort of answers this week's question, which is, you know, <laughs> the transfer window is open, but you know, with us having to borrow money from Seven Seven Partners just to keep the stadium project on track, I mean, there's not going to be any money to spend on permanent signings unless we sell someone and no one really wants to even contemplate that. Um, but there's always the loan market. So, I mean, you know, regardless of, of finance and all the rest of it, the question for this week is the same as it always is t- this time of year. If Everton could only sign one player this month, month, which position needs the most urgent attention? And is that the central midfield? <laughs> I think it is somehow, Lyndon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as, as both of you and Paul have indicated, it, it's not just someone to fit in in the centre midfield. Someone to fit in in the centre midfield who can tackle and win the ball yeah. and keep us engaged by winning possession back. And there's not too many of those floating around. And but I think that you know, one would assume that Kevin Felwell has been doing some background checks on players here to see is there anybody who might be available who can come in and do a job for us for, for six months or so. Uh, it's always a risk at this time of season, isn't it? Being somebody, look at uh, Donny van der Beek when he came in, you know, to, to great fanfare, played about two games, and wasn't seen again until the end of the season. Mm. So uh, it, it, it's a difficult time to bring somebody in, but uh, I, I I think we have to take a gamble on somebody this this time of year because I, I, I just don't see what our alternatives are. And the big worry for me is, uh, you mentioned before, Paul, about you know uh, the team blows losing Sheffield United and Burnley. If they've got the finances to bring players in in January, which they might well have, then that, ha- that has a, an impact on us, doesn't it? If they're strengthening in key areas and so kind of going to 2024, 2020 with renewed vigour and optimism, that impacts on us. So I think regardless of you know, the finance, I think we have to find a way of bringing somebody in. I agree we can't afford to buy anybody, but there surely must be players from around there on the loan mark who we could bring in and do a job for us. Must be somebody there. I guess it's always players out of favour. Uh, you know, all the being that they're out of favour favour for the reason. But you know, there's you know other teams are bloated squads who don't need players, and it could work. One one that's been linked is that uh, Josh Brownhill um, at Burnley. Just did a quick check. He's out of contract in the summer, so I suppose he could be available at a you know pretty low fee, which might might yeah. be just scramble together perhaps. And obviously Sean Dice knows him well, so that wouldn't shock you if that happened. But yeah, the the obvious answer we've banged all about it all podcast really as did yeah if we're looking at what what position do we need to strengthen it's 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 clearly clearly uh, clearly defensive mid or midfielder who can tackle as, as Paul said one option it won't be popular but um is uh Mason Holgate seems to be out of favor Southampton now I'm not saying for a second oh he's our answer he's the one who's going to play every game in there in midfield but 
just a warm pulse you can actually play in to some capacity in midfield and you know you could, you could tackle you could you know you wouldn't want to bank on him playing a number of games in there but uh, in the absence of even like a tom davis anymore you know what i mean someone like that who can just come in and slot you know slot a position fill a hole you know i mean while um you know just 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 to affect maybe something at times might be an option not an option everyone would like not an option i'd even be particularly comfortable with but someone who's done that sort of position before at least yeah. to you know at least gives us all i suppose so that might be because he's out of favor so i don't understand so that might be something but i don't i don't even think that would happen sean dice he doesn't seem a big a big uh, believe in playing plays you know playing players out of position at all really he's he likes Havison as a bit of a utility player, doesn't he? But and, and Young, I suppose. But and Garner, you know, yeah. there seem few but and far Garner between. Like, yeah, yeah. So I just couldn't even see that happening anyway. But yeah, that might be a slim solution of sorts. Yeah, I floated. The, the, sorry, go on, Paul. Yeah, just breathe. And the two midfielders who kind of come back into the thing at the moment, you, you've got Gomez who can't tackle at all, can he? No. And you no. Know, if Deli Ali is Everson making reappearance in Everson's shirt, he's another player who can't tackle. So there's not is there, there's options waiting to come back and reinforce that area. Sorry, Lyndon, you're saying. No, I was just I was just going to say that I've advocated for um, Mason Holgate to play that defensive mid role, midfield role, and the very next time he did it, it was awful. So <laughs> I'm just <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I don't even think that's a, a possibility. Yeah, I think uh, the Brownhill one is an interesting one. He's I mean he's a tidy player, uh, and I, as you say, Deitch knows him, and he's out of contract, um, so. That's an option. The other ones, as you say, these the teams with the bloated squads who could afford to offload players, they're the ones that they just have sky high wages. So we would be mm-hmm. heavily relying on, say, you know, like a Calvin Phillips. Yeah, he'd be, yeah. He's the kind of player that yeah. says he would have to take up a, a significant proportion of his wages because, you know, as, as the headlines today are, you know, telling us that we're still not out of the woods in terms of uh, the profitability and sustainability rules. Um, you know, although I, if they were to punish us twice for the same, you know, because they would be punishing us twice for two seasons ago, essentially, if if we're still over the limit, so that would just be madness. But I wouldn't put anything past the Premier League, so I'll um, we'll wait two weeks and find out. <laughs> Yeah, one thing with that as well, with like uh, I don't know, say Calvin Phillips, just as an example. Calvin Phillips, so just just an example. Is you're getting into murky waters, then potentially don't you? like, oh, we'll earn you him, but we want first dibs on Van Fleet or something like that. Right. You know what I mean? And that's yeah, where like it's yeah. just like uh, these big clubs kind of like circle like sharks around us, don't we? With with, with, with situations like that, and we just that's that's kind of makes a mockery of the whole thing, doesn't it? When it comes to profit and and sustainability and that sort of stuff, so. Yeah, but I don't know. Do you think you'd rather like a player like you, you can almost rather a player like Brownhill, who you know yeah, is going to yeah. be like you know well up for the challenge and delighted to be there? But well, Phil- would we get that much out of Calvin Phillips, or would it be another Van der Beek? Yeah, I mean, it's you, need, you yeah, want someone yeah. players are going to be totally, totally committed to being there. Yeah, you just don't know. Yeah, it, it's just a gamble, isn't it? If we can bring anybody in with, with that background at all. I mean, I see Lindegar's names get some floated around together. I, I really have reservations about players like that have been off the game for you know, a long period of the time to come in and, and operate at this level. And you know, I always work with the premise, if you're not good enough for Nottingham Forest, you're not good enough for Everton. It's as simple as that, in my opinion. Sounds like agent talk. I think he's just being shopped around. You know? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. give give me someone yeah. like Josh Brown who is because you know yeah. is going to have the right yeah. the right attitude yeah. and the right you know, profile. So, 
Okay, well, we'll wrap things up there for the first pod of the new year. Once again, a very happy new year, Blues, and the very best wishes for 2024. Uh, with the takeover saga rumbling on, the club not completely out of the woods with regards to PSR, as I said, for the most uh, recent financial year and the exciting prospect of the completion of the new stadium at Brandon Road Dock at the end of the year. It promises to be another interesting 12 months at Everton. Uh, but until we return next week, take care, Blues, as always, and up the toffees. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 